From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I'm looking right now at Dr. Michelle Owens, who's in the production booth. What? New job? Anyway, she and I are on the show together today. Our topic is staying healthy in the cold weather. It's been cold lately. You heard the, the, the weather report. What are some things, some ways that cold weather can impact your health and how can you stay healthy in the cold? Please call us today with any questions or comments at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or email us at women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women, a show all about addressing women's health and wellness issues. And guess who's talking about it? A couple of women. Me, I'm Dr. <laughs> Allie Brown. Imagine that. Right. Dr. Allie Brown, I am a surgical pathologist, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Michelle Owens. Hey! She's an OBGYN and expert in maternal fetal medicine, so she takes care of the really sick ladies who are having babies and their babies. So, we are talking today about health during the, the cold. What are some ways that cold weather can impact your health? I know it's Mississippi. It doesn't get as cold as some other places, but yeah, it gets tell, pretty cold. Tell the Mississippi people that last week. And for our listening friends who are up in Tennessee and the edge of Arkansas, like, I get it. Our our Florida people, maybe some of the Louisiana people and Alabama people, maybe not so much. But there's been increasing amounts. I was so I was in Nashville um, in November, and they had like this freeze warning. And so, um, and then I spoke to one of my friends who said that Nashville has gotten snow. So there's been kind of like in that in the upper southeast and headed up toward the mid Atlantic. They've kind of gotten some snow. There's been snow in North Carolina, um, and there well, was a snowed big winter at this storm. Time yeah, last year I well, think or the or year close before. To, yeah, yeah, close to. So. Um, there's definitely, I mean, we get we get our share, and I think the other piece is the perception, right? Because we know that it's winter time, and so it's cooler than we're accustomed to. And for those of you who are who are in the Mississippi area, the past couple of weeks, you know, I, my kids get excited now when when they say, well, we review the weather every morning, and so when we talk about, um, well, what time, well, what's what's the weather going to be today? And if they say fifty degrees, the kids are like, yes. Warm. It's going to be 50. Can you <laughs> right. believe that? Um, because there have been mornings when they've gotten up to go to work, I mean, go to school, and it's been 26 degrees outside. Which We had quite a cold snap for a yes, while there. And since you're from did. Canada, I know that it's not cold for you. You sound you even more Canadian than ever. Have you been in Canada for a so while? So look, this is, so this is just the function of having family that lives all over and having lived all, I mean, like. What I've, are you talking about? I've lived in different places. I've moved around. I have family from all over. So yeah. that's kind of. Ontario? Every time I go somewhere, people always say, you don't you don't sound like you're from here. So I guess I well, sound like he, I'm from nowhere. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, I don't know. Whenever I go back to Baltimore, people say, oh, you, you sound really Southern. I was like, well, that's Yeehaw. where I live. That's where I was born and, and raised. Well, so. I'll tell you, I was raised south of the I-10. So for me, the north and this cold weather 
this is cold to me where we yeah. are here. I feel like Jackson's the north. Indeed. And I think that there's just still, I, um, you know, and I get so excited this time of year. First of all, it's so good to be back and to be back in the studio with you. Um, and so this has been one of the the highlights of my December. Um, December is a really awesome month for me. So there's so many like neat things that happen just like within my family, lots of birthdays, anniversaries and other celebrations and stuff. Um, but then there's also like this is truly, in my opinion, like the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm a person who doesn't really like the cold, but I just love the energy that's in the air, this this concept of anticipation and excitement. Um, and so it's interesting because when we started talking about what we were going to do today and what we we're going to talk about, and it said, well, you're making me conscious about how I say my words. Um, you still sound Canadian, ta- but go on. Up. So when we, um, when we started talking about this, I thought, wow, um, most people, because historically um, – People tend to gain weight during this time of year. They blame it on the holidays. Um, sometimes it's cool weather, what have you. Um, and then tend to kind of want to get shape in shape for the summer and for, because people tend to wear different kinds of attire in the summer as, as opposed to um, during this time of year. And I always thought that was funny because for me, I was exactly the opposite. Like I was the person who would feel more comfortable getting out doing things when it was cooler as opposed to when it's the dead heat of the summer for the, I, yeah, I was like, mm, I'm in the house. I'm not going to do much. So my activity, I was outdoors more, but probably was a little less physically active during the ungodly heat of you well, know Southern both, summer. Both extremes, yeah. you know, for, for many people. But There's just, a, a small window in Mississippi where you can go outside and, and really just say, oh, wow, you know, this is very mild. Yeah, October is like the sweet spot. Yeah, right. like, it's right when it stops getting really to the point where you feel like you're suffocating um, from the heat and humidity. So the humidity kind of lifts from the air and um, it's, it's cool, but not terribly cold. Mm-hmm. And there's like a one or two week, like wonderful period of just this really nice temperate uh, climate that we have um, during that time. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this kind of thing, the, the topic in general, but also um, I would really like for the people who are on our um in, in our listening area, in addition to um, maybe calling us with questions, if there are things that you do or um, things that have worked for you that you feel like help you stay more healthy um, during the winter or during the cold, or if you've lived in a cold climate and have become a snowbird and you're just down here temporarily during the harshest time up north, or if you are here just, um, you know, after living prolonged periods of time in places where it was really cold. If you want to share some of your secrets or tips with us, please feel free um, to give us a call and share those as well. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always drop us an email to women at uh, mpbonline.org. Um, so without further ado, Dr. Brown, yes, you tip number one? Toss. Well, there are uh, multiple risks with cold weather, and I know people think about things like hypothermia. You know, it has to be pretty cold to have that. So that's uncommon. Or you I would have say, to be out there. You have to be in cold for a pretty long time. Yeah, or something like be that. Soaking your feet in an ice bucket and fall asleep, something like that. Those things happen. You have to be very careful with, with those sorts of things. Yes, don't fall asleep with your feet in an ice bucket. <laughs> I, we actually we had we had a case of that in, at UMC. But anyway, okay. Um, One thing, and you kind of mentioned, you alluded to this, is the fact that we tend to stay inside. We tend to be more sedentary. 
So uh, less active, being around lots of snack foods and maybe less foods that are that, that are healthy for us. So the inactivity can impact your health. So staying inside, you know, putting on your your winter insulation through snack food, et cetera, and not wanting to get out and do things. Yeah. So I, and I think the other piece. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Go walk at the mall. So work out at home on th- online or whatever. Yeah, well, and and the other thing is not just oh, we'll go work out, but I mean, I personally think that it's it can also be very difficult, right? Cuz the days are shorter. Um, as far as daylight time. And Mm -hmm. so if you're a sun loving person, like I love the sunlight, like I like sunlight, Mm -hmm. daylight exposure. Um, I don't like to like necessarily be out in direct sunshine, but I love sunlight. And so when it's dark in the morning, when you get up and it's dark, when you get out of work, sometimes it's really difficult. And, you know, people struggle with what we call seasonal affective disorder. That's definitely another thing to discuss. Yes. And so, you you know, so for me, I think one of the biggest challenges has always been um, how do we, how do I kind of psych myself up to be excited about doing those things when it may be, dark when I wake up. So if I was, if I was, if I was, you know, I say that if I was a person who worked out early in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, I found that that was easily more easily done for me when it's daylight outside or when it's lighter outside as opposed to when it's dark. Cause when it's dark and it's cold. No. Or my, wet and cold. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my bed and I have a very different conversation and the bed yes. is just like, well, why do you why do you have to go? Just don't stay be, here. Don't be don't foolish. Go. Yes. Like why would you want to go out there into mm. all of that harsh, cold darkness when you could stay right here where it's nice and warm and comfy? But I think you bring up a great point because you were talking before about how you love this time of year and the anticipation and now you're bringing up seasonal affective disorder. But a lot of people who even necessarily don't have seasonal affective disorder, but any type of type of affective disorder like depression anxiety, things like that, this time of year can definitely be on the opposite on end of the spectrum. I have to say, I am a non-holiday lover. I like, know I just, you are. We've talked about this before. Yes. I could just make it go, you know, if it didn't happen, my husband's probably shaking his head right now listening to this. But I am kind of on the end of the spectrum where I get a little more blue during the holidays. And it doesn't make sense, but it is, I just, there's a lot of activity and, you know, it, so you have to be, I think, mindful of um, your mental health at this time of year yes. and of your 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 loved ones yes. and their and their experience. Well, and I think that that you you kind of have have um, touched on that, and you know, seasonal affective disorder being something totally different, but holidays and um, you know times whether it's time about sharing or about being with or around people can be very difficult, especially for people who've experienced loss. Um, and, you know, we, we've kind of talked a lot about that by trying to bring it out into the open and to give people permission and to understand that for many people, they are not alone. And, and while you may be, you may feel very alone or you may feel very isolated or you may not be quote in the spirit, so to speak, because of a recent loss or even if it's not a recent loss, but it still feels like it was just yesterday. Um, those things are difficult and that healing process doesn't get put on hold just because people start throwing up tinsel, hanging mistletoe and playing Christmas music. So, um, just, but, but the most important thing is, I think, for, at least for me, because it's 
this is also I, I struggle with that because I've lost people who are very close to me and and people who were very central to this time of year and the gathering. And these were the people for, who really kind of were the glue that that made that gathering meaningful. And so, you know, the the one way that it helps me to deal with the pain of the loss is the we had so many great memories. And and I think changing your narrative to gratitude rather than focusing on the things that or the people who may have been taken away from you can be very empowering. Because when I feel that way, like I have these moments where I'm really, really sad over missing loved ones that are no longer here. Um, And there are some, and I think the first year was the worst year. So that first Christmas without, the first whatever without, um, that was very difficult. But then as as you move on, you know, the, that, that, that emptiness, that, that special space that's reserved for them, that empty space in the parking lot that, that nobody else can fill, it stays there. But you know what I do is I start thinking rather than, wow, it would be so great if you were here, I think about how great it was when you were. And thank you so much for those seeds that you planted and for those experiences that we had. And I've kind of that's the way that I deal with it. Now, everybody has their own way, but it has been something that has made me like I go from having tears of sadness and loss um, to kind of tears of joy because I'll think of something really funny and I'll just, you know, then all of a sudden the tears are more for gladness and being grateful that I had that time. Um, I was a person who was fortunate enough to have all of their grandparents alive into adulthood. And um, that's something that a lot of people don't have um, parents and things of that nature. So, um, you know, everybody's walk is different. We've all experienced some degree of loss. We all can sometimes, if we all think hard enough, can probably find something to be upset or sad or feel alone or lonely about, even while everybody around us is having the greatest, most exciting party time. Um, but but I, I've found that gratitude, at least for me, has been incredibly therapeutic um, and helpful in me maintaining some level of mental health, at least um, as it pertains to that. And so we have not been sitting here together for a long time, and we could probably chat this thing all the way through for the next hour, but we are going to take a break, give you guys some time to call your friends, tell them that Doctors Brown and Owens are on the radio at Southern Remedy for Women. We're talking about ways to stay happy and healthy during this holiday season and also through the cold. Um, And we'll be busting some myths. We'll be busting some myths. So stick with us. We will be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with Dr. Michelle Owens. Um, We are talking today about staying healthy in the cold weather. We're kind of talking about um, mood and uh, being kind of sedentary and trapped in your house because it's so cold. But there are also some physiologic things and lots of ways that you can stay safe and stay warm. Things about germs. Does the cold really get caused by being cold? We need to talk about all these topics. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. We have a couple of callers on the line, so we'll go to the first caller. This is Monica calling from Tennessee. Hey, Monica. Hi there. I uh, just wanted to talk about um, clothing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yes, uh, I had spent most of my life uh, up until, you know, uh, moving to Ohio in the South and in, and in very warm, you know, situations or, or where the climate was pretty temperate and go to Ohio in the middle of winter. And, uh, <laughs> It'll take your breath away, won't it? Oh, it was shocking. Uh, so the thing that I learned uh, was that it's really important to layer. And the benefit of layering is, you know, you can you can start off the day like we often do where it's so frigid. And as the day wears on, especially if we get some sunlight, it warms up and it feels more comfortable. Well, the benefit of layering is you just peel that layer off to the most comfortable level and then there you are. And just uh, go prepared for that. The other thing was learning about gloves and uh, the appropriate footwear uh, to keep the feet warm, to keep the hands warm, and focusing on functionality with that, and also with comfortable headwear, because not all of our toboggans and all of that are very comfortable, but you want them so that they're comfortable so that you'll wear them. Yeah, that, that's make, it absolutely. makes an enormous difference, and um, by my second winter up there, I was a pro. So <laughs> it doesn't take long to find out, right, that it's no, a lot of it has no, to do with how you prepare. And thanks for bringing th- those right. things up. You are 100 percent right. I mean, I know speaking for myself as someone who grew up in New Orleans, uh, even coming up here to Jackson, it gets colder up here. And yeah. I was always miserable in the cold. I do not like cold. I still don't. But if I'm wearing the right jacket, which I didn't have any of when I first moved up here years ago, it makes all the difference. So, you know, I had to go out and buy appropriate clothing. And I, you know, I, I work out of Washington, D.C. in Chicago. I have to travel quite a bit. And that Chicago winter air and the wind, it, it the blows wind. right through your bones. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yes, investing in proper outerwear, even for here in Jackson, uh, just for your own safety. I mean, you do it for your kids, hopefully. Um, right. Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of hunters and outdoors uh-huh. people they, and sports people probably will clue right in on this, but uh, the, the keeping the hands warm, keeping the core warm, makes along with your your head, head. Makes, mm-hmm. makes your whole body warm. And uh, I got acquainted with you know those uh, phosphorus packets yep. um, when I was living up there, and and so now it's just stock and trade uh, every winter. We keep them. 
because we know we'll need them at some point, especially if we're going out for an outing, like a you know Christmas time activity or um, something where we're going to be out for you know more than just several minutes, just to kind of keep keep our hands warm so we're not miserable. And that's all I've got. Have a great day. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for calling in about that. Uh, you're absolutely right. So step one for avoiding health concerns in the cold weather is to uh, understand how to keep yourself safe from the cold by wearing the appropriate attire. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our email is women at mpbonline.org if you have any questions or comments about cold weather and health, staying safe in the cold, staying healthy in the cold. Please give us a call. Next, we'll go to Mark in Tupelo. Hey, Mark. Hey there. How are y'all doing? We are fantastic. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Just got off work for the weekend. Oh, congratulations. I hope you have some good plans. Uh, yeah, um, I'm actually a uh, certified MHSAA and parking rate basketball referee, so I got some games to referee tonight and some tomorrow, too. All right, well, that sounds like fun. Indoor and sport is always nice at this time of year. Yeah, and that's actually how I stay in shape. I either uh, play uh, competitive basketball and referee during basketball season or I swim. Oh, fantastic, usually. yeah. But anyway, uh, the reason for the call, um, I want to touch up on the anxiety and depression with people and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, due to me being in the uh, Navy, I, I now do suffer from anxiety and depression uh, caused by the military. And I will say this much, when I'm single and dateless, I, I do have a tendency to get depressed and to the point to where I don't want to be around people that are being together, rather if they're married or dating, not in public places. Yeah, so being isolated and then being reminded that you're alone, I suppose, when you see other people that are, are sharing moments together. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about First of all, thank you for your service. Um, so grateful um, that you served our country and continue to do so. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. And then so maybe how do you avoid feeling that way? Perhaps avoiding those types of situations, but then avoiding and secluding yourself is not good either, right? What I try to do is uh, I try, I, if I'm going to go, go out and see a movie, I'll see a matinee when most of the people are um, just barely getting off work and going, going and doing whatever. That way uh, I, I don't see one during the weekends where all these couples are hanging out and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When it comes to uh, going to church, I just try to ignore ignore, ignore that part that part of it on its own. Well, thank you for sharing, Mark, and um, enjoy those basketball games. That's a good reason to get out and to be around other folks this weekend. And thank you for your call. Our next caller is calling in from Biloxi down on the coast. It's Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I just want. I just wanted to give you my uh, magic formula for staying warm outside is a windbreaker, and I have windbreaker pants. Oh. Uh, yeah, and, and that works really well. I had a long uh, raincoat that I wintered in Flagstaff, and it was 10 below, and, and I just I just layered clothing. I, I never had a full-size coat. Yeah, just like our previous caller talked about wearing layers, how important that is, and you know, I, the thing is going from outside to inside and and, and and dressing that way. I mean, to have layers on is really essential so that, you know, you can 
fit into any situation in any climate that you might encounter that day. Well, I think it's also yeah. good if you get like if you if you get snow or or rain or something and you're layered, then you just take off a few wet layers and then you don't have to worry about trying to get right. stuff to, you know, dry out or whatever else. That's another benefit. And, and, a, and a big, heavy, specified coat is real hard to take around with you. I mean, but a raincoat and a few shirts are, you can uh, carry with you very easy. That's a good, a good idea. Awesome. Thanks so much for the tip. Yeah, thanks for calling in and letting us know that. Okay. All right. Bye-bye, Craig. And I know it's so cold in Biloxi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my New Orleans cold. Oh, goodness. But when he said Blackstaff, though, yeah, come that's, on. Well, he's I'm, been around some cold. Uh, that's Look, I'm, I'm not trying stuff. to hate on anybody on the coast. I, I, I kind of hate them because I kind of wish I was there. Uh, with the, I'm a beach person, so like, yeah, I do have a little. I have a little like coastal coast. envy. Yeah, I like the. Coast. It's a nice yeah. part of the world. For it sure. is, and you know what I love about that? The whole like Mississippi Gulf Coast, Alabama Gulf Coast, even around Louisiana. It's just, it's just so laid back. People are just, yeah. Coastal. Yeah, it's the coastal lifestyle. Life's a beach. Let's give out the number one more time. We've had quite a few calls this morning. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our email is women at mpbonline.org. We can talk about coping with cold weather and things like that. We've talked a lot about how to dress in the cold weather. And one thing that we really want to talk about with that is folks that already have maybe heart disease or issues with their heart, that can be additional strain on your heart when you get cold. The heart has to work harder even to make your body warmer and the vaso, you know, the blood vessels constrict in the cold and the heart's having to pump against this increased pressure. So it's really important for folks that if you know you already have issues um, with heart disease to be very mindful about protecting yourself in the cold weather. Yes. And you know, another good thing, another point, and we don't have to do this very often, but like when people are, when people are shoveling snow and those kinds of things, when people are shoveling snow and those kinds of things, you have to also be careful. So when you're out doing heavy work, whether it's lifting or other things, you just have to be mindful of the extra work that your body's doing. And for some people who live Slightly more sedentary lifestyles, if you get some big burst of activity while you're out trying to shovel, say, for example, you're visiting some family um, in a place where it does, like, be very careful. Listen to your body when you go running out there trying to help people shovel snow, because while snow, while snowflakes may not be thought of as being very heavy. Um, It's water. It's heavy. Yeah. (laughs) The process um, of shoveling snow um, is... It can be pretty arduous work, and um, it's, you know, for all my friends who work in areas where they get lots of snow, that's one of the things they always talk about, my friends who work in the um, in the emergency rooms, they're like, yep, you always get those people who come in yeah. and have a surge of MIs from being out shoveling snow. So I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should invest in a snowblower if you're out there. And you're also um, not saying, you know, it gives the green light to say, no, honey, I can't do that outside exactly. today. I, I don't just, want to have a cold weather heart attack. Be mindful or and, um, and, and just... Listen to your body and and don't overdo it. Because um, you don't like if you're used to feeling hot when you are exerting yourself a lot, you're not going to feel hot. I mean, you'll be sweating, but maybe you won't quite think that you're working as hard as you would if you were in warmer weather. Absolutely, It'll sneak up on you. Yeah, and so um, you know, another thing that I I wanted us to make sure that we talked about was some of this myth busting. So after this next break, we're going to start talking about some of the myths related to cold weather. 
All right. So I hope you have your have your myths ready because we are going to just tear up all the stuff your mother told you. We'll be right back. Southern Remedy for Women. We'll be back in, in a little bit. <laughs> This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back at Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Today, we are talking about cold weather. We had a little bit of it a couple of weeks ago. I don't think it's all gone. I think it's going to be back. But we are talking about how to stay healthy in cold weather. And also, um, as if you were with us right before we took our last break, we are also myth-busting about cold weather. So all the things you thought you knew about cold weather. Um, and so I am here in the studio with my uh, co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. Um, and we are just kind of sharing information and also appreciating any calls and uh, stories that you would like to share. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That is one eight seven seven MPB ring. You know the numbers. Um, so give us a call if you have anything you'd like to share. Um, so moving right along, as we've been talking about things like how to how to dress appropriately. You know, whenever somebody tries to get me to move to a colder climate, I always tell them, I can't really do it because I don't own a respectable coat. It's like an excuse. No true Southern woman owns a respectable coat. Yeah, and the footwear issue, I mean, there's just so many things. The footwear thing is real because mm-hmm. that whole open-toed shoe, like I realize my girlfriends who well, live in colder weather. even to wear like weather, a flat or something to have foot exposed. Yes. No way. Or even if you wear a flat and, you know, if you think about it, if you wear a flat and you're walking on, you know, snow... Icy stuff. Yes, that you can get like it'll it'll get saturated, you know, get a little wet. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those kinds of things to take into consideration, um, which is why I do so love being a native southerner. Me too. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful all day. Thing. So anyway, um, we are talking about cold weather myths. All right, Owens, this lay one, one on me. Look, this one came. <laughs> This actually came up last week when my mom was visiting and uh, we were, she said something to my kids and I was like, I don't really think that's Ooh, how that if you were in the works. studio, you could see she's wagging her finger all around about her mom, who I know is listening. <laughs> I know she is. And my mom's probably going, yeah, whatever. Um, because you know, mothers know best. They don't care about this stuff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doctor, doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. None of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No, you cannot out-educate your mom. You cannot. There you go. So, um... First thing, if you don't wear, put on a coat or you're going to catch cold. That's the best one. It's, it is the staple of motherhood. Put on a coat. You're going to catch cold. When actually colds aren't necessarily caused by being cold. Now, they, they may be more common during certain seasons, um, but 
It is not. You don't. It, you don't catch a cold by being cold. Cold does not create colds. The earth is shaking right now. This this is important. This is earth shattering. Stuff. Mothers listening to the radio all over I our listening know. area are are saying that you are wrong. I know. The phone lines are lighting up with angry mothers. <laughs> We're saying, do not say this. But it's true. No, but uh, yes. Yeah, so, so they are more common in wintertime. And there are some people who say that perhaps maybe it helps the viruses, the viruses, hello, not bacteria, the viruses that cause colds and flu. That would mean viruses, which don't respond to a Z pack. Oh, no. You'll get that on your way home. But um, viruses that cause colds and flu may replicate a little bit better during this time of year. Um, but, and it may also be because of some of the changes that occur because of um, drier weather. A lot of times when you're inside and there's lots of heat, um, you can dry out your mucous membranes, things like that. So all of those nice moist surfaces, whether it's on the inside of your mouth, on the inside of your nose, um, when people tend to be closer together during those times of years because they are inside, inside a lot more. Mm-hmm. So you are around sick people more and located by where the virus is being spread. Yes. So all of those things can help. But but still, you got to wear a jacket. Out, I mean, so so you need to wear a jacket for other reasons, but it's not just so you don't catch cold. So there you go. And now we can uh, go to our phone lines and we will hear from Don in Lexington. Good morning, Don. Hi, good morning. How are you? Um, pretty good. Oh, great. Got a question or a comment? Yeah, a comment. Um, I was, when I grew up in Washington State, my parents actually started the first search and rescue group up there with using German shepherds. Um, they did an ex- extensive amount of uh, research on hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier in the show that you know, hypothermia is not very common around here, but you still, and hypothermia doesn't happen quickly. It's usually over a period of time and, and and exposure. Um, so it doesn't have to be too cold to get hypothermia. What you have to watch out for is um, it's getting close to hunting season. People go out in the woods. Maybe little older people might get turned around and mm-hmm. have to spend the night in the woods, things like that. So, um, so like you said, it's not, it's, not, it's not as likely as it is up north, but you can still get hypothermia in, in wintertime here in Mississippi. That's awesome. a great um, point, yeah. Yeah, one, three, a couple of things you need to watch for. Um, if you notice, if you're with somebody and they've been out and exposed, if they're if they're soaking wet, that will take heat away from the body much faster than than being dry. Mm-hmm. Um, uncontrollable shivers. If they're shivering and they can't, you know, take a few deep breaths and stop. Uh, if they start slurring their speech, if they start um, maybe making missteps or wobbling when they're walking. Um, and the other thing is if they if if it's cold and they've been exposed to cold for a while and they suddenly start saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting really warm and start taking clothes off, that's, that's a sign of, you know, basically getting into severe signs of hypothermia. Yeah, that's but, really important. Uh, I like especially the earlier signs you talked about, which almost seems like someone who's been drinking or something like that. So it can be confusing. And I think that you bringing that up and raising awareness about it is really important. Thank you for that, Don. Yeah, I just want to bring it up. Like I said, we're going into hunting season um, either young kids or um, older folks tend to be more prone to it. Um, people who have less body fat tend to be more prone to to either cold or um, you know early signs of hypothermia. And um, so I just just wanted to talk about that. Oh, Don, one more one more question before you go. Since you shared that bit of information about your family, um, I, there's another thing that I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
as we were kind of doing some research for the show, this concept of being lost or being like kind of whited out in large amounts of snow, I'm sure that with your parents doing the work that they did, that's something that they know can happen quite frequently. Um, yeah. That's been, and so can you talk a little bit about that too? Because I, I think that it's kind of cool have, with you having had this experience. It reminds me of The yeah. Shining. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can you, you know, talk, talk about being like a, a whiteout? Yeah. The fact that you can get, yeah, that you can get like Turned lost. around and lost. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that generally, um, you don't get much of a whiteout condition in a forest or trees. You have, you have to be mm-hmm. like, like out, out on the highway. And a, a whiteout is not necessarily the amount of snow that's coming from the sky. It's how much is blowing around. So if it's, um, if it's you know, the, the wind can pick up the snow that's, that's already on the ground and blow it and create whiteout conditions. You generally don't have a whiteout conditions in the forest because you have references that are right there. You have to generally be in an open space. But if you're, um, if it's snowing and a lot of people know the areas that they go into, well, the snow can kind of mask even though you don't have a whiteout condition, it can mask your landmarks and people can get turned around quite easy that way too. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for yeah, your call. This really, is really relevant absolutely. to Mississippians who do tend to spend a lot of time outdoors, particularly at this time of year during hunting season. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times people go hunting in, you know, in the afternoons and mm. stay until dark That's right. and get turned around and do they have the necessary equipment with them? to spend the night there if they have to. I can just hear the deer giggling right now. That's yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, John, for your call. We appreciate it. Okay. Happy holidays, dude. Same to you. All right. So that was awesome, hyperthermia. So so now we know you don't have to put on a coat to keep from catching a cold, but you do need a coat. <laughs> you can suffer from hypothermia in Mississippi. Absolutely. If you're exposed for a protracted amount of time and you have a risk factor like older, age, younger, um, lack of body fat, you know, lack of proper attire. Yeah, most people don't head out somewhere expecting to get lost. So right. if you are going to be out in an area, whether it's familiar or unfamiliar, I think one of the take home messages that Don kind of alluded to in his phone call, which I think is really important is, you know, just always have that contingency plan to be sure that in the event that something happens that you, you know, can make sure that you are safe and protected from the elements in the event that things don't necessarily go as you plan. Make if sure you your cell phone's charged up. Or something. <laughs> right. Or have a compass or GPS, wear a little GPS device or something on you so that people can find you if they need to or if you need help. Um, that there's a way that you, I mean, just some of those little things, having a flare or something with you, you just never know, like, just do what you need to do to, um, to protect yourself and make sure that if somebody needed to come looking for you, that you could do whatever you could to make sure that you can be found, because that's really important. Um, so next, we're going on to another myth. Dr. Brown's in here making all kinds of funny gestures. Um, <laughs> this one, I think it's my good. turn for a myth. Well, go ahead. Myth on. That all the heat escapes from your body from your head. But, so you just can walk around look, with a hat and no jacket? Does, right? 10%. You 10% gotta, of your body heat escapes through your head. 10%? Dr. Owens. I don't know. If, I'm sure that's different if you have hair or not. Hair is a good insulator. But it's not enough. You Put should definitely your, wear a hat. You need to wear a hat, but you don't just go on and wear a hat. It's not like if I wear a hat, I don't need to have a proper jacket. You need a proper jacket and you need a hat. Yeah. And so, and, and heat's going to escape from the places that are most exposed. 
So there you go. So that's there again is the argument for making sure reasons why you need a coat, um, reasons for you to um, to consider layering and those kinds of things. Um, So, yes. So you don't lose most of your heat from your head, but you have to remember that you do lose heat from your head. And most most people know you put a hat on, you'll be a little warmer than if you don't have a hat on your head, tend to be a little warmer. Right, because you're safe yeah, for you're sure. keeping that stuff in. Um, next thing, ah, you shouldn't exercise outside when it's cold. That one's for me because I just, oh, <laughs> I am such a fair weather outdoor exercise anyway. person. Mm-hmm. I'm fair weather man. If it's raining or if it's snowing, yeah, I, I probably, I'm the person who will drive to the mall and walk the mall. Um, but I'm, I'm not trying to get outside in the element. But the truth is. Um, that the recommendations are that if you are a person in good health, that you should be able to um, exercise outside. So you need to make sure that you are dressed appropriately. Um, And again, if you are a person who has heart disease or other things, you need to be mindful of that because that will impact your ability to function and how you function when you are outside in the elements. So those things become even more important. If you have lung problems, there are lots of people who have um, asthma or reactive airway disease, and for them, cold can be a trigger. So some people respond to pollen in the air. Some people respond to cold. And so if cold is a trigger for you, um, and I have a few patients who have this, uh, have this as their trigger, um, and for respiratory issues, the cold is very difficult because it makes it hard for them to breathe when the air is colder. Um, so that's just something that for, for folks who have those kinds of problems, any heart or lung problems, just be mindful of that um, and make sure that you are um, just protecting yourself and trying to limit the exposures or limit the things that will increase your risk. So you want to go with uh, one more myth? Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, one more myth would be that you don't need to wear sunglasses in the wintertime. You know, you think about some sunglasses being the beach type thing, is, warm weather. That is the epitome of like spring and summer when you break out your shades. That's right. Break them out all year long because those damaging UV rays are there in the winter. Because the sun is always with us. Thank goodness. The sun is always with we us. We need that sun. Of course we do. We need the good stuff from the sun. We have to protect ourselves from the uh, yeah, the other. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so okay. So we don't. We do need to wear sunglasses. Make sure you wear sunglasses. And the other thing is, you need UV protection that's for right. for your body, regardless. Keep so wearing your sunscreen. So you're wearing your sunglasses, but you also need sunscreen. And you hear that that little music playing in the background that lets you know it's time for us to take care of a few little MPB administrative issues. So we're going to skedaddle for a little bit and be right back with our last segment of the show. So if you would like to give us a call, the number is one 877 Last opportunity to give us a call at one 877 mpb ring We are the Girls Brown and we are right here at Southern Remedy for Women and we'll be back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
back. It's Southern Remedy for Women, the show about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Today, Dr. Brown and Dr. Owens are in studio, and we are talking about cold weather. We have a very patient caller who is on our line, and we are going to go directly to Debbie, who is calling us from Wesson. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I have a suggestion that most people do not think about. And all year long, we're bringing in pollens, you know, walking through things, being in things. We're, we're bringing those in. And depending upon how big one's house is, they could save $25 a year or $50 a year. And about every five years, have a professional hazmat company, I had this done myself, come in and clean the ductwork. Ooh. Because they start off, because I, I mean, they have their process, but they start off collecting all of this stuff in something that is pure white. And I had this done in the house of non-smokers, and it was absolutely filthy black. Oh, my goodness. So what did they um so this is so you're talking about cleaning the ductwork so you have the filters that we're supposed to change on a regular basis, right? Well, so I'm they actually about, get up there inside the, that? It's all the ductwork in the house that they clean. Oh, wow. But, but they use a machine to do that and they plug up all the vents except for one, including the return air vent. And then they run this machine and when they get through, it smells like fresh air. So you, so you, are you saying that you really might not even notice that there's a difference when these ducts get clogged? Well, no, because you're living in this constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's just something, you know, people tend to have more allergies at certain times, and they tend to have more colds at certain times or more problems with COPD or asthma or whatever. But for a nominal 25 to $50 a year, just saving it up, Putting it aside, like I said, it depends on how many vents you have and um, how big your house is. Mm-hmm. And every five years, you can get your ductwork cleaned. Wow. That's a, it, it is just absolutely unreal, the difference it makes. So, Debbie, do you have, are you a person who suffers from seasonal allergies or things of that nature? Well, I do have COPD. Uh-huh. You, you tell that you can tell the difference after the ducks have been cleaned. It, it is like breathing fresh, clean air. Wow! Like standing on top of the mountain and breathing fresh, clean air. Well, you made me want to go and get my ducks clean. Now I want I want to stand on top of the mountain. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that tip because you're you're right. I like I've always thought about you know being conscious about the types of filters and those kinds of things, but the concept of having someone actually come in and professionally clean the ducts. And you would also think that if people have a larger home, that they probably could accumulate a whole lot of stuff. Well, you've got to remember every single thing is a dust collector. It's a good point. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm in Mississippi, and I used a hazmat company recommended to me um, in Mississippi, and they did an excellent job. They not only clean the ductwork, they reach up and, and they take all the vents down. They wash all those vents and get them all clean again and put them all back up, and it is absolutely worth it. I love it. 
That sounds great. Thank you so much for that, Debbie. I'm sure that we have lots of people who are listening who struggle, whether it's with allergies or respiratory diseases. And that's just yet another thing that you can do at home um, that can make a difference for you in your immediate environment. So awesome. Thanks so much for that. And it lasted years. Thank you. Sure thing. I have a myth for you. I'm still, I'm in a moment of like shock right here because I'm thinking, what, duh, clean the ducts. Clean the ducts. I love it. You can get those like filters, you know, that are the in super your duper room crazy filters. <clears throat> well, that's kind of why I said, is that what they're called? Well, I'm just saying, because when you go to buy them, like they're stratified, right? So there are some that are. Or are those freestanding machines, you know, the air filters for your room also. But but I think that the whole point is that, like, whatever the filters catch, there's a limit, right? So some of that stuff oh, yeah. is still going to get through. It doesn't catch 100%. No doubt. So it makes sense over time. And it's probably the sneaky little dust and stuff. The tiny that, dust. Which I think when people are indoors more mm-hmm. and you think about heating you and You can't open the systems, windows. Well, but then again, that would let in pollen. So I don't know. I don't know. It's less pollen in the air, though, this time of year, right? Well, it depends on, yeah, because things are flowering. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but but just the thought of that and the fact that you can have somebody come in and, and remove that stuff. So for folks who have people who struggle with a lot of allergies mm-hmm. and things like that, if Children. they're symptomatic in the home or if they have difficult times, I think that makes sense. So we got about 30 more seconds. So oh. bust your myth. Go ahead. I, I hate to say this one, but the alcohol does not keep you warm. Alcohol does not keep you warm. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy, but it actually makes you feel warm and fuzzy because it makes blood gets shunted to your skin, which actually is the exact opposite of what you would want to happen if you're trying to retain your heat. You don't want to let it out to the outside to lose it. You want to stay in. So sorry, alcohol. Is that really what you had to do right before we go out? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So So don't go to the deer stand without your jacket and without your hat, no sunglasses, drinking alcohol, Oh, and no GPS. Yes, make sure you have a Don't do that this weekend. Please. Oh my gosh. Right? I'm just it at all a came loss together for words. I can't believe this. Okay, so there you go. Debbie Downers ruined it for us. Uh, everybody who's planning on well, going rephrase out it. Have a, little, a great time in the woods. Bring your compass, some warm non-alcoholic beverage, <laughs> your warm coat, a jacket, and some snazzy sunglasses. And your MPB Yeti. Thank you so much for That's your right. support. Thanks, MPB. Uh, today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Jay White with Dr. Allie Brown. I am Dr. Michelle Owens. We are so glad to have been here with you, and thank you for being with us. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.